The New Orleans Pelicans make the playoffs and the Charlotte Hornets benefit because of it. They get an extra draft pick. We'll take a look at that. We'll regrade the Devontae Graham trade that took place this past offseason. Does the Atlanta loss sting more or less after they make the playoffs? Plus, we'll look at some important dates coming up this offseason. That's all today on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, so go check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson L O H, and on the show handle as well at Locked On Hornets. We are here to provide a little bit of light over the weekend after the Charlotte Hornets did not participate. They are not participating. In fact, their season ended. We went over some of the comments from the exit interviews and upcoming really the next couple of weeks or so. We'll do the player capsules. We'll be daily still. Despite the season being over, we are still going to be coming at you daily pretty much the entire offseason. Well, listen, Walker, we got a lot to talk about. That's the thing. I mean, you know, all of the NBA shows are daily through the offseason, but no, I, I I don't know if there's a single team that needs to be daily more than this show because there this is one of the most important off seasons in Charlotte Hornets history and we got to talk it out. We got to talk it out right here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. So we'll get to a lot of that. We still have plenty of sound to comb through when we do those player capsules and we talk about the potential changes that could be coming up this off season. So just wanted to remind you we'll still be daily throughout the off season and we got some good news that little beam of light I was talking about Well, it's the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans made the playoffs. And because of that, the Pelicans do not keep their first round pick. And instead that goes to the Charlotte Hornets. So now instead of just having one first round pick in this upcoming NBA draft, they have two, they get number 13 and they get number 15. In fact, it really worked out for him even more so because Atlanta made the playoffs. Now it didn't feel good at the time when Atlanta beat the Charlotte Hornets to make it, but at least when Atlanta did beat Charlotte, they would continue. They would make the playoffs. That means no coin flip scenario. So now the Charlotte Hornets, they are baked in. They are cemented with that 13th overall selection and that 15th overall selection, Doug, great news. And it provides a little something for the Charlotte Hornets to play with on draft night. Maybe they could package it to move wherever they Ooh, want to. Okay. Maybe they could just take a couple of players with those selections. What do you think of the 13 and 15? I, I'm with you, man. I mean, it's options. That's the, the Hornets need more options. I was looking at some of the information that Bobby Marks put out. And uh, because they traded a first rounder to the New York Knicks, which I think belongs to Atlanta now. It does now. Yeah, the Knicks moved it to Atlanta. But anyway, because they did that in the last draft, they actually can't – and that future first is is lottery protected or or it has protections on it through a few years. Until that lottery pick or that pick actually transfers to Atlanta – the Hornets can't trade a future first-round pick. Right. So having the two first-round picks in this upcoming draft, which I think they can package, will give them some flexibility. They could move up in the draft if they really see a player that they feel like could add something to this team immediately, 
or they could uh, package those picks in a deal to bring in a veteran, which we know they desperately need in, in more than one area. I mean, they need a veteran uh, rim protector. They could use some uh, a veteran that they know could come in and immediately, A, give them championship experience, give them playoff experience, or or B, just a someone who values the defensive end of the floor and could help influence the team in that way. So I love this, and I'm so thankful because we were essentially one game away, Walker, one loss by the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans from that Devontae Graham deal being two second rounders instead of a <laughs> first right. rounder, which I think would have made that deal a lot more sour. <laughs> it would have. I mean, it's it's hilarious, too. Like, think about how close that was. Just go back to Paul George entering health and safety protocols. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, then maybe the Clippers win. Like, I, I still might have picked the Pelicans. It would have made it that much a little bit hairier, but now you talk about Paul George missing that game, clearly the best player, even if he's missed all of this time, even if the Clippers were able to form an identity without him because of all that time lost still, it was beneficial to the Charlotte Hornets and it was beneficial to the New Orleans Pelicans who would then move on and get to the playoffs. And because of that, and maybe because of that, a big reason why the Hornets get a first round pick. So now when we look at that Devonte Graham trade, What do you think trying to regrade it? What you thought at the time, what you think now that it all kind of played out in the favor of Charlotte? I'll get to that, but I also have to say that we're just kind of going backwards, like that New Orleans, them being in the play-in altogether was not a given halfway through this season before the trade deadline, you know, and and bringing in McCollum. I mean, that was huge for them. They didn't have Zion this year. Um, So it was not a given that they were even going to be in that position. They looked terrible for a long time, which would have meant if they had been in the lottery, that that first round would have first rounder would have stayed with New Orleans. The Hornets would have gotten two second rounders at the time when the deal happened. I, of course, was heartbroken because I loved Devante, but I also saw Devante starting to regress a little bit. And I thought, hey, if they can flip him for value, and I, I definitely saw the New Orleans Pelicans as a team that could make the play in at the time. I didn't see – you know, obviously you can't see into the future and see injuries and different things that affected that team and, and made it look as if they weren't going to make the play in or the playoffs. But I was pretty confident at the time that that was going to transfer into a first rounder. And I said, look, if you take a player who had a great year for you and then regressed and then turn that into a first-round pick, that's huge. Yeah, no, it is huge. And it, it's just, it's hilarious to see just how close it came from really benefiting the Hornets. And it did to not benefiting. I the think Hornets you were, with you were, you, how did you feel about the deal? Cause I think, no, you, I, you weren't a big fan of the deal. I was not a huge fan of it, but I was always understanding of the fact that you move on from Devonte, you get a potential first round pick. There was clearly value. Like I didn't kill Mitch Kupchak and the Hornets for doing that. I thought the team would be worse. Like when you lose Devante, somebody that provided backcourt depth, which would become a real problem for this team, right? Like that's something that they could have used. It hurt them. Yeah. And, and Kelly Oubre coming in was nice for a while. It wasn't nice for the second half of the season. Cody Martin certainly uh, really helped them in that regard too. like coming in, helping be a three point shooter. So that really helped with the loss of Devante. Maybe we didn't even talk about that as much, but I I thought that Devontae leaving this team would really hurt their ball movement. I thought it would hurt their three-point shooting. There were things that I thought Devontae could provide, especially depth, that the Hornets were going to miss and make them a worse basketball team. And that was mitigated. Their ball movement was still elite. 
And, yeah. you know, and the three-point bringing... shooting was elite, which is all yeah. I mean, the, two, the two things that Devontae Graham gave the Charlotte Hornets while he was while I was here uh, was really great playmaking. I think a lot of Hornets fans remember Devontae Graham knocking down clutch shots, three-pointers, um, and and he did that. But he also was really good at moving the basketball. But as you said, the, Hornet, the Hornets didn't really need a lot more of that this season. They didn't need a lot more three-point shooting. Kelly Oubre, at least in the first half of this, of this past season, uh, helped to uh, give them that. I think the one thing they did miss from Devontae Graham, though, was decision-making at the end of games. Devontae Graham was, like, really good with the basketball in his He didn't turn it over. That, that, was, that was the reason why these analytics and these kind of catch-all stats rated him higher at the time. Not yeah. so much this year. He regressed, and that's another reason why it worked out for more for the Hornets. Right. But, like, the guy didn't turn it over, and that's something that these catch-all stats really value, and Devontae uh, benefited from that quite a bit. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, we could kind of take a look quickly at these cleaning the glass stats um, that I love. So his usage went uh, significant. Nah, well, I will say significantly down. I think that more than three percentage points usage drop is is pretty significant uh, for him. Uh, he went from being in the 71st and 78th percentile in the league in usage while he was in Charlotte down to the 34th percentile. I mean, oh, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, which is way below average for his uh, the position they have him as, as point guard here. Minutes per game stayed the same, but he just had the ball in his hands less. Probably, I mean, you're playing with some high usage players and Brandon Ingram and, and different guys. So he was probably, tr- but he didn't distribute as much either. His assist percentage went down. His points per shot attempt uh, went down six points, which is not great. Um, no. But the thing is, like, I still believe in Devontae. I want to see him with Zion. I, you know, I think that, you know, give that team a full deck of cards and and let's see what Devontae. I'm not going to, like, you know, really say, like, oh, that was it for Devontae, but I'm glad the Hornets maximized him at the time. Yeah, no, like, I was, overall, I was wrong. Like, I, I thought, I mean, again, I always saw the value in getting a first-round pick for Devontae. The salary that came in, I thought he was going to make a little more than that. So the fact that he was making 11, that would turn into 12. So he's going to be making that for the next two years. The third year coming up after that is not going to be guaranteed. And so I thought it was worth it to go ahead and pay Devontae. But he's always been a really hard player to gauge for me, Doug. Like I've been up and down on him when we were trying to figure out if the Hornets should extend him, right? When he was coming off of the MIP campaign, when he was coming off of like, borderline all-star year then um or at least he was getting some kind of conversation there i was like all right the hornets don't get good things and remember this is before Lamelo, so it's like go just go ahead and give him his 15 mil a season and and i'll live with it like it, it's not some you know some some bank breaking type of salary and then it's like all right well now i'm glad you didn't but still, it was always hard to gauge what was going to come up Devontae. In the end, the Hornets win. Like, 15th and, overall, it can't get better. It and, cannot get better than that. And we take something from New Orleans. Finally. Yeah. Finally, <laughs> we take something from New Orleans after they have taken so much from us. Uh, we get a little luckier. I love it. I would love in the next segment to talk about, just briefly mention the players that are sort of floating around that 13, 15 area that the Hornets could possibly snag in the NBA draft. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they package it, if they just want to take a couple players. Some of the strategy will be interesting to talk about too. And real quickly, I remember I was talking with Rod Boone about this, like in the media room about how, man, it's going to be hilarious to see, or it, it had to be the first time that Hornets fans 
we're all together pulling hardcore for New Orleans. Uh, the, nobody, the, nobody is pulling for the Pelicans to win games. And certainly that was one of the rare cases, maybe the unique case where all Hornets fans were pulling for New Orleans. All right, let's talk about Athletic Greens. I can't believe I did it again with one delicious scoop of AG one. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins. I did it again. It's unbelievable. Minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things are benefited because of AG one athletic greens to make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And speaking of health and insurance in that regard, how about built bar, go to built.com and just reap all of the benefits they give you there from eating a healthy yet a really good tasting kind of candy bar, but it provides a lot of energy for you and it's healthy for you. Low calorie, high protein, low sugar, high fiber. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. And these are like 130 with most of the bars that they provide, the limited time flavors, the OGs, the staples. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's talk more about that Devontae Graham trade. And does that Atlanta loss sting more or less than with the fact that they actually get to the playoffs? That's all still to come on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six. Schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, we've no. got lottery mocks. We've got mock drafts. We've got draft picks for days. It's the most mockerful time of the year. I thought you might go years. I thought you might go. It's here. And then we've got picks for years, but you went with days yeah, because we're not going to uh, be doing this. I literally, I literally thought of doing that right in the break. So I didn't really have time to write it up, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I'm excited. But we're starting it. It's it's here. So we're, we're two months out. We still haven't even reached the NFL draft, let alone the NBA draft. And you're telling me that you're already into mock draft season. That was, that was like the Joker. That was an evil laugh that you just put out there. Yeah. I um I'm excited, Gary. man. Um, okay, got, so what what are you looking at here? What what are we looking at? What are you yeah, excited me, about me, most? Um, and I need to enhance. It's too small for the people that are watching on their like telephone. So I've got the Tankathon website up here. Thanks to Tankathon for helping. Look at these tank. Speaking of tanking, look at these tank champions here. Portland lost eleven games in a row <laughs> to end the season and avoid the play in. Indiana lost ten in a row to drop to five in the in the odds for the lottery. Detroit and Oklahoma City lost three in a row. Houston lost seven in a row. And then poor Orlando. They just can't do it right. They win their final game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least they still have the same percentage though. So at least, uh, at least yeah. at that point, 
it's not like it was going to hurt them, but you're right. Like Orlando, we'll see if they can Sacramento get somebody didn't do it even. right. They were five yeah. and five in their last 10. Anyway, so here's Charlotte is in 13th place and they get this pick that we talked about in the first segment. They get this 15th pick from Charlotte. So here we go. Are you ready? Drum roll. Let's sim this. I want to do this every day. Can I do this every day? Pod dad. So sure. I do this every day. <laughs> that, that's go. fine, son. Go ahead. Let's sim that lottery. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop. Where did the Hornets land? And oh, 13 and 15. 15. All right. So we don't <laughs> we don't move up. It's going to be slim odds. Let's see. Top four is 4.8%. Number one overall, they only have a 1% chance of getting in uh, to that number one overall selection. So uh, they're going to be slim, but I'm sure we'll hit it at some point. Let's head over to the mock draft. Okay. Let's look at 13. They've got Mark Williams, the center yeah. from Duke. That seems to make a lot of sense if you think about what they need. And then uh, the shooting guard from Kansas. Um, you're going to have to help me with the name. I'm not a big college basketball fan. <laughs> Agbaji, yeah. Okay. Uh, and yeah, like this is someone I, I know that they were talking about him being one of the better Kansas players of all time, considering he stayed there so long. Now he capped it off with a championship. And you look at him having a really good three-point percentage this past year, three and D type of guy can really help you. Mark Williams, obviously going to be the rim protector. We got to see him a lot in ACC country. So yeah, we, we will start to pay more attention, do the whole film thing yeah. on these prospects. But overall, like that would be a really, really nice haul. Like you talk about defense, right? Those two guys are going to help you defensively. You're just a pick away from getting Jalen Duran, which is kind of everybody's darling. That's... I think he's, he's the Charlotte Hornets darling. I think everybody wants them to select. Um, so that would hurt, but well, Mark Williams, okay. But like. you know, if you're looking at this pick, so that's OKC's pick that they, yeah, that's OKC's pick that they get. You know, if you talk OKC, which, I mean, OKC loves to accumulate picks. Yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> say, hey, listen, we want Duren. He's available at 12, 13 and 15 for 12. They get Duren. If they really feel like he is, and maybe Mark Williams is already gone by this point, because, I mean, they've got Mark Williams at 4.3 blocks. I mean, that <laughs> tough to get better. You know, the the other player that I'm seeing uh, a lot of mocks have to Charlotte is this guy right here, Jeremy Sochan. Um, and, and that may be a mispronunciation of his name. I apologize. Uh, again, I'm, I haven't uh, done my like draft deep dives yet, um, but I just see him a lot. Uh, and he's getting some sort of like Nick Batum comparisons, which I know are not, you know, very um, are not going to be received well by some Hornets fans. But I don't, I don't think the passion is a question. It's really body type six, nine two thirty, can play defense very long. Um, that kind of thing. That's that's what's getting him. And he's versatile. He can guard multiple positions. I'm just telling you what I've read. Um, and so that's another interesting name. Yeah, we will see who we give the draft roses out to as this process yeah, plays I can, out. Again, I, well, I can't stress this enough. And, and my butchering of these names, I think, is evidence of it. I have not done my homework yet. I, I am going to get started in earnest. I really I put the blinders on during the season. I really focus on the NBA. I let the draft nerds do the draft nerding. And then I just take all of their work and, and yeah. attribute it to myself. That's that's the yeah. game. That's the grift. Yeah. No, oh no, it is. And uh the Hornets will have two picks. So you're right. Maybe they could move up and finally get a top tier center prospect. And what's interesting, real quickly before we move on to that Atlanta conversation, Doug, it's the Hornets have had quite a few draft picks. You're talking about maybe a decent amount of roster change for them. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's all gonna get traded, but LaMelo Ball. I think Miles Bridges is going to get matched. I, I just don't see him going to another team. And so if we have those two guys locked in, 
Gordon's going to be potentially on the move. Terry Rozier is going to be probably the most interesting wild card. Like Gordon, Gordon is going to be tough to trade. Like we don't know if Charlotte necessarily wants to trade Terry Rozier. And so that's, what's going to be interesting about that. Every, you know, Cody Martin, free agent, like there's a, a bunch of question marks surrounding everybody else. Are you going to bring back a lot of guys yeah. where you've selected a Kai Jones, you have a book night. Do you want to turn those two first rounders into just one player? So you don't have to worry about mm -hmm. bringing in two guys having to make, Contracts, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like that. I wonder if that's going to play into it. Well, so, and here's the other thing. And, and I think this is the big takeaway from the draft and what makes this year's draft so interesting for the Charlotte Hornets. And we're going to talk a lot about it because with the two picks and we just, we just looked at the players and, and, and the players that we showed you that were mocked around the 13 to 15 range are what I'm seeing across the board on the mocks that I've taken a look at. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've seen them all. <laughs> I'm soaking them up. Um, those are the players. And those are all players that fill an immediate need for the Charlotte Hornets. The question is, will any of those players actually be able to come in on the NBA level and fill that immediate need? And if the answer to that question from the organization's perspective is no, then I think they have an obligation to actually take those two picks and package it for a, a veteran, somebody that they know, a known commodity that can come in and immediately help them with either rim protection or uh, perimeter defense. All right, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that as the offseason rolls on. Let's move to the Atlanta conversation. So okay. the Charlotte Hornets, they get embarrassed. They just get destroyed in this play-in game for the second straight year. It hurts worse than the Indiana loss because that's mm -hmm. kind of calculated when discussing the pain of the Atlanta loss. And now they're out of the playoffs once again. They don't even move on to the next round of the play-in tournament once again. Doug, does it hurt worse, the fact that the Atlanta Hawks are moving on and they're in a playoff series? Does it hurt worse or is it actually maybe that pain relieved because they were able to move on? For me, it hurts slightly, slightly, slightly less because Atlanta did move on. Because if you remember in that last play-in where they got smoked by Indiana, Indiana then proceeded to get smoked in their next matchup. And so to me, that made that made that made it hurt worse that first play-in loss. Like, oh my God, we got smoked by the team that got smoked. So not the case this time. Atlanta moves on to the playoffs because even though I thought the Hornets had a chance against Cleveland, still was going to be a tough matchup. The way the Cleveland, the, the variety of bigs that they can throw at you was always going to be difficult for the Charlotte Hornets. So I, I don't buy into that like, well, Atlanta beat Cleveland, so Hornets could beat Cleveland. I didn't necessarily think that was a given. Yeah, I, for me... <sighs> If anything, maybe it hurts a tiny bit more, but honestly, oh, wow. Doug, it kind of just is the, well, it's the same. I mean, I, I don't think I'm affected really. Like you know, they, they lose to the Miami heat. They get beat down by more than 20 points. And, and maybe it goes to show it could Charlotte have done anything better. Probably not. I don't, I mean, it's just one of those palms in the air. Like it doesn't really matter to me at this point. It, it, it happened. It was brutal. The, if you could have beat Cleveland, which I think the Charlotte Hornets had a shot at doing, and that was a close game between those two squads, you know, like it was 107 to 101 Cleveland ended up winning um, on their home court. And so maybe that actually expresses some kind of idea that that could have been Charlotte. I, I probably view it if I were to have to choose more so in the, it's a little more painful, but at the end of the day, 
it sucks. Like it still just flat out sucks watching the Charlotte Hornets lose the way that they did. I don't know if I'm affected either way. Well, so it's good. We disagree. Tell us what you think. Settle the debate. I'll put a poll on YouTube. I'll put a poll on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Tell us what you think. Does the Atlanta win? They get into the playoffs. Does this sting less or more? Here's another question that I have for you along these same lines. How do you feel about seeing Anthony Edwards light it up for the Timberwolves in that upset win over the weekend against the Memphis Grizzlies. The first overall pick, of course, LaMelo's three. Anthony Edwards right now getting that precious, precious playoff experience, and he is rising to the challenge. And LaMelo, unfortunately, is not or is, is sitting at home. I mean, he's, he's working you know, towards next season. How do you feel? Does that sting seeing that? Yeah, I think, man, I, I don't want to be lame. I don't know if it affects me more anymore kind of the same way that it didn't really affect me watching Atlanta go on to the playoffs. For me, it's all just within you have the a scenario heart. of watching. You have a stone I heart. I, I, I'm sorry. It's just watching. Well, no, I want LaMelo to have that experience. I want LaMelo to have that experience, whether Anthony Edwards is going off or whether he's putting up goose eggs. It doesn't really affect me either way what Anthony Edwards is doing. Your, I your, wanted, your NBA career was ended not by a bad heart, but a stone heart. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, my NBA career. I would have made it had it not been for that heart. But well, you can now, dunk, right? Uh, I mean, I could, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if I could have with any contact. If somebody put a finger on me, then I would have been flailing out of bounds, but I would have been, it would have been so dramatic, Doug, that they would have had to have called a foul on whoever made the slightest bit of contact with me. And then I'd go to the free throw line, but Switch. I don't know if I'd be dunking on anybody. In fact, I do know. And the answer is I would not. I don't know if this affects me more. So I just, I was excited for LaMelo to have that moment against Atlanta, right? I came in pretty confident that he was going to do it. You know, I, I, the way that he had been playing Atlanta, not being a good defensive team, enough guys being offensively gifted enough to where Atlanta would have to pay attention to a miles bridges to a Terry Rozier. I thought LaMelo would have his day and he didn't. And the Hornets, they don't move on. Like I wanted that based solely on what I was watching with LaMelo and with them not getting in, to be honest with you, this Anthony Edwards stuff doesn't affect me as much. It's just the fact that LaMelo, the, the soul of watching of LaMelo, him not getting it kind of hurts. That, I mean, but that's why it bothers me because I'm like, man, damn it. Like LaMelo could so use the kinds of things. And I really felt as if LaMelo have given the opportunity and, and I think I'm a year away I, I was a year too soon for that because I think LaMelo will have that opportunity coming up next uh, postseason and will shine uh, but he struggled in that game against Atlanta if we're being completely honest like he wasn't oh, yeah. uh, he did not step up in the way that I predicted that I thought he would and so it does sting a little bit to see Anthony Edwards, who did have a little bit more experience coming into the draft. So I don't know if the one-on-one -on -one comparison is really altogether fair. But to see Anthony Edwards, it would have felt it, it'd feel a lot better if Anthony Edwards, like James Wiseman, uh, was was struggle. I don't know. I don't know why I have this Schadenfreude. Like good, good job, Anthony Edwards. Like I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I would like you to fail to make me feel a little bit better about what's going on with Lamelo Ball. But I'm still confident in Lamelo. I think we're just we just got to be patient. And uh, it's hard to be patient though when you know like the clock is ticking and you know extension talks are are on the horizon for Lamelo. And you you know I just want to see him maximize uh, whatever time he spends in Charlotte. I want to see him maximize it. Hey. We talked about what stings. I've got something in the next segment, Walker, that's grinding my gears. I, I want to put my Doug Ranson hat on. I got something that's already okay. getting in my craw. 
heading into this off season. And your craw, huh? Okay. Well, I don't want to explore that too much further, but let's just get some surface level on that, and we'll talk about it on the next segment. That number one source for all your betting stats. I promise there is going to be a time yep. where I am able to nail the coming up. I'm trying to set it up. Will, I'm trying to give you. I'm, I'm trying I, I to put the volleyball in the I air. Yeah, look, I'm a creature of habit. We've done this so often without that graphic. It is going to take me a few episodes to get it right. But once I do, it's going to be awesome. Let's try it again. Wait. Get ready, Doug. Coming up in the third segment of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Nailed it. I just need to see the ball go through the hoop. That's it. BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Doug is upset about something. Let's all find out together coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Tip off. Boom. I grab it. Triple threat. Let's go. Let's go set our offense and let's go punch above our way. I'm ready. Grab it. A player rolls up to me immediately, is on me extremely fast, grabs the basketball. And so now we're trying to fight for it. I'm like grabbing it. He's grabbing it, ripping it. Boom. Rips it. Says, give me that. Throws it, transition, 2 nothing. We lose like 50 to 20. Just ripped it from me. That's I, honestly, I think, honestly, I think that story is sadder than your heart problems. <laughs> it is. I, you know, I'll take the heart problems all day long. Just don't embarrass me in front of everybody at UNC Women. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One thing I did want to mention real quickly before we move on to what's upsetting you, Doug, it's mm-hmm. the Anthony Edwards stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think the difference between the situation for Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, too, it's the fact that that's not Anthony, Anthony Edwards' team. What, what, I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? He has Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, he's got a superstar. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's not his team yet. It's not. And in fact, even if Anthony Edwards reaches his peak powers, it's going to be tough to overtake that team from Carl Anthony Towns in a way that I don't think it's possible. I mean, this is. One, this is the best shooting big man of all time. This is someone that has become an absolute offensive beast. One of the most talented big guys we've ever seen. And Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are going to be they're They're a great duo, but they're still pretty clearly a number one guy with that squad. LaMelo is trying to take that torch right now. Like mm-hmm. I felt, I think he probably felt that responsibility in this game against Atlanta, where if Anthony Edwards doesn't go off, then it's cat's moment. Now you could argue, okay, Carl Anthony towns has foul trouble. He goes out in that play in game and they end up winning because of Edwards stepping up, but also D'Angelo Russell, like he's somebody that stepped up in that moment and Charlotte didn't have anybody else that stepped up when LaMelo might've been struggling. So just a couple of finishing thoughts there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Hey, uh, real quick. uh, Did you, did you load up on any Easter candy? No, I did not load up. It's the first time too. I mean, I, I like the chocolate bunny that comes my way usually, but I am not one yeah. that experienced any kind of Easter ba- uh, basket this year. And well, usually yeah. I've, I load up on the chocolate and this year there's something missing in my life because of it. Well, I'll tell you what's missing in your life. A baby, mm-hmm. have a baby. I'll tell you why, okay, because uh, bef- the years before we had our first child, I was in an Easter candy desert. Couldn't get, no one would give an adult, I would have to go to the grocery store and buy it. I'm not going to do that. I, you know, no one would yeah. give me Easter candy because I was too old, right? 
But now that I have a baby, they like to give the Easter candy to the baby. <laughs> but here's the thing. Babies right. can't eat Easter candy. <laughs> you know the saying, taking candy from a baby? That's that's seen as negative, but honestly, it's positive. Like, yeah, you mm. should take the candy from the baby. Babies can't have candy. It's good you parenting. just take it from, it's good parenting. I take the candy from the baby, and I consume it. So what I'm saying is, Easter, if you want more candy, have a baby. All right, noted. I'll get working on that, and I can't wait. And then three years from now, you know, once, like, kids can start eating candy at what age? Like, I don't know, 17? I don't know. Okay, so you you've still got, got a long 17 time. Seventeen years that's of candy theft. All right, that's good. Good parenting. Doug is father of the year. What kind of things are you upset about with the important dates coming up, Doug? What's something you wanted to mention? This there? Jay Williams guy. This Jay Williams guy. Duke guy. So I already have a bias against him because I went to Carolina. But this Jay Williams guy. I don't know even what show it was. ESPN does a thousand of these morning shows. Get take first up, whatever it was, and he was on there. <laughs> And he was talking about how LaMelo, LaMelo Ball just doesn't look right in Charlotte. He would look oh, so right. good in yeah. purple and gold. Like, give me – like, he is – I feel like Jay Williams is secretly in our YouTube comments because it's all I see in our YouTube comments are people that are just watching us to yell at us that he's going to Los Angeles. But, like, can we just – why do the people on ESPN hate the NBA? That's what I want to know. Why do they hate the NBA? Why do they hate when Milwaukee is successful? Why do they hate when Charlotte gets lucky? I just, it, it boggles my mind. It affects their bottom line or so to speak. You know, that's why they're going to talk. It doesn't about affect Jay markets. Williams bottom line. He doesn't have oh, no. to do that. He doesn't have to go out there and say that LaMelo belongs no, in, in, in purple and gold. Get out of here, man. Well, hey, man, maybe he is in the comments and it's somebody that has hacked his account. You know, that's exactly what happened when he talked about Ime Udoko being the first African-American <laughs> coach for the Boston Jeez. Celtics. That yeah, so, somebody man. had the gene. <laughs> somebody had the genius plan to hack into Jay Williams account and put that random misfact out there. And that was it. That was the only thing they were going to do. But Jay Williams says, sorry, somebody clown. hacked my account. It clown is show. Anytime you bring up Jay Williams, I'm sorry. I don't think about the player of the year for Duke. I don't think about the championship. I, I mean, to be honest with you, maybe it's better for him. I don't think about the missed free throws against Indiana that allowed the Hoosiers to move on to that NCAA tournament. I don't think of any of that. I think of, him putting out probably the worst excuse ever for a tweet saying that he got hacked for something like that. And he could have just owned up to it and be like, dude, you're right. We get facts wrong all the time. Anyways, that was if he needs so, a better so excuse. Lame. Have a baby. I've got a baby. I use, I use that baby as an excuse all the time. That's the easy button for you. Boom. Have a baby. <laughs> having problems say, in your life you know what it solves a lot of problems people you know i'm sure it creates some problems for some people but it has solved a lot of problems but the reward is a lot greater than the risk <laughs> that's the easy button any problems you're having just have a kid it's really that simple let's put that as the motto let's look at some important <laughs> dates here doug june 21st uh mason Plumley was acquired on that draft night trade Went on to start 63 games. He averaged 6.6 .6 points. He averaged eight rebounds. Currently $4.3 million guaranteed of his $8.5 million salary with the balance becoming guaranteed if he's not waived by mm -hmm. June 21st. That's where the importance comes in. Salary for next season is below the average player salary and the mid-level exceptions. That'll so give us think? a good, you know, that's yeah. two days before the NBA draft. That should give us a solid indication as to what's what's coming if i mean i expect them to waive plumley um but if they if they don't then i think it gives us some indication of maybe what what the plans are for the nba draft um 
How bad does that look for a Kai Jones at that point? If they keep Mason Plumley, yeah. you have to make a move in the offseason. Mason is the guy that you well, would imagine is going to be your backup center. I mean, that's that's my question. I don't think uh, it's an overall, know. oh my God, this is awful for Kai. That's I we think all, I mean, I think I always knew that Kai was like two or three years away. I never expected yeah. Kai to come in rookie season, make an impact. And honestly, I don't expect him to make much of an impact in his sophomore season. I really thought mm-hmm. he was pretty raw, you know, would have you know, in the old days, would have come out in his junior season. And, um, you know, I just not not really worried about it. You know, and, and also we go back to this trade. In the problems that you might have had with Mason Plumley this year, you do get JT Thor, who is enticing. Like, I, I'm More excited. Thor! Yeah, he's enticing, man. I'm excited to see what happens with JT Thor. And I wonder if JT Thor's emergence also, again, he was younger than Kai Jones. You know, like, here we are talking about this. Uh, this huge project that's coming in and JT Thor's already given you some like decent spare minutes here and there in his rookie season as uh-huh. a second round pick because they made that trade for Mason Plumley, they get JT Thor. So just something to note. There. And, you know, if uh, they keep McDaniels, I mean, just having Thor and McDaniels, you know, if they progress linked, and can maybe. stay on the floor, you know, that may solve some of the perimeter defense issues, especially in the, you know, when they go to the second unit, when they get deep into their bench next season, you know, that could solve a lot of issues or, or if a player has to leave, you know, that, that could, um, that could help them out a lot. I just want to say an update on the more Thor movement, um, Mm -hmm. like the workers, uh, for Amazon in New York, we have, uh, unionized and, uh, we are sending our demands, to the Charlotte Hornets for more playing time for Thor. And uh, if they don't, we'll be striking. Just okay. saying it right now. All right, guys. You guys know where to sign up for that movement. You can do it in the comments section. You can do it wherever. I'm sure Doug. That's where we meet. We only meet on the YouTube comment section. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of stuff done. That's where there. we All vote. Right, we do. We vote. We pay dues. Uh, so get your dues in now on YouTube. And they can yeah. just make that out to you, right? They can just go ahead and pay you directly. Yeah, just send, no. send me a check. For sure. June 23rd is the NBA draft, an obvious date that is important for the Charlotte Hornets with two now first round picks. But you mentioned Jalen McDaniels, Doug, on June 29th. Here's something that would be of importance of Charlotte or for Charlotte as well. Hey, uh, and and this, by the way, we should credit all of this information coming from Bobby Marks breakdown. So I I would if you read this word for word, we should definitely say that these are this. I just copy and pasted this from Bobby. Yeah, no, that's fine. I did kind of plan on doing that. And so that's exactly good. I just want to warn you really quick. Should probably should have done this pre-show, but you know we work the show out in the show. This it's kind of our it's the charm of what we do here. So yes, um, all of this information is from Bobby Mark's amazing <laughs> breakdown of the Charlotte Hornets offseason. So go check that all out right. on ESPN Plus. <laughs> it's taking us so long to move already, and we have so many more dates. June 29th, Charlotte has until then to exercise the 1.9 million dollar team option for Jalen McDaniels. Yep. We'll skip some of the stuff in between, right. but if the option is declined, McDaniels will become a restricted free agent if Charlotte tenders him a $2.2 million qualifying offer by June 29th. Man, if McDaniels goes, that's going to hurt. This is, mm-hmm. when I talk about my love for McDaniels, it always comes down to the fact that he's not going to cost a lot of money. He's got more value coming back to this team than allowing him to, all right, well, we, we got to move on and see where else we can try to you know figure out some needs. Like, Dude can knock down open threes. He experimented with doing a little more stuff with the ball in his hands. He's a good defender. He provides some size with a team that doesn't have a whole lot of size right now. Like Jalen McDaniels, you got to qualify him. You got to bring him back. 
And that this is just somebody that is able to fill out your roster, positivity, positive players coming in as your seventh, eighth guy, whatever, and, and can provide some real nice minutes for you in crunch time too. I'm just going to make a prediction right now. Th- they're going to pick that option up, especially if Borrego remains coach. Well, yeah. Because Borrego loves the guy. There's just no way. Yeah. And Borrego and, and um, well, again, but, but if they bring in a new GM, maybe everything changes. A lot of changes. So this prediction is really hanging on the cliff's edge. But I really think if, if if status quo remains in the front office and the head coaching position, then McDaniels is back, hundred percent. Same thing for yeah, same thing for Cody Martin. By the way, same yeah. date, right? They have until then to tender Cody Martin a two point two million dollar qualifying offer. We know how much he improved this past season, and I think that's the most interesting development just based off of a year ago. How we would try to project this, I would have always projected. You know, my love for Jalen McDaniels. I think he really improved right on track. Cody Martin, goodness gracious, he improved way more than I thought he was going to. I thought Book Knight was going to come in and maybe not take that immediately from Cody Martin because Borrego does love the defense that he provides. But when you have that much of a dramatic increase in your shooting ability and Borrego thinks that highly of your defensive prowess, then it's like, okay, where are we going to put Book Knight in this situation? Plus, he improved so much. I, I just think. Same thing with Cody, a couple of low dollar values when you're not going to have cap space. Once you match that offer sheet for miles bridges, uh, those are the two things, the two places you look to, to try to fill out. The yeah. Rest and, of the I, and I don't think Cody Martin played at, at such a level that he's like in danger of being, you know, somebody coming in and, and, and really, you know, aggressively trying to, um, you know, take him from the Charlotte Hornets. So, I mean, I think, I think that one's pretty safe. If All they right. June 3rd. Yeah, June 30th, the Hornets kept their flexibility open for 2023 when Ubre signed that two-year $24.6 million contract. All of this past season was fully guaranteed. Now only $5 million of the $12.6 million owed for next year is protected. The remaining amount is guaranteed if he's on the roster past June 30th. This one's interesting. Average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, so, you know, you know the stats, you know the, the storyline of what Kelly was able to accomplish, what he wasn't able to accomplish this season. You got to move on from Kelly, in my opinion. I, I'm I'm moving on. You yeah, know, no, unless I, you want to bring him back and try to sell high on a potential first half performance again. But other than that, like I'm moving on from Kelly. No, I think you're moving on from Kelly Oubre. He was starting to not be uh, pleased with his role on the team. Like Montrez Harold, uh, these guys want to start, and um, I don't think either of them are in line to start, minus an injury for the Charlotte Hornets. So I think you move on now before the problems. Um, you know, perk up at the beginning of next season. Uh, same thing with Nick Richards. I mean, maybe Nick stays within the organization in some kind of capacity that involves the G League, but I don't see uh, them picking up the 1.8, uh, guaranteeing the 1.8 of Nick Richards' contract. Uh, you know, Scotty Lewis and uh, Kuboka are also uh, the two-way players. They're restricted yeah. free agents. Um, if uh, the Hornets tender 50,000, you know, those are players I think are developing within the system. If we'll just see, you know, it's kind of, we don't get, unless we pay close attention to the Greensboro swarm, we don't get a, like a ton of insight as to where those players are, except for when the Hornets have these opportunities to keep them or, or set them free. Yeah. And so you're right. So I don't know about Nick Richard. I mean, I would imagine Nick Richards is off. It was pretty clear that they moved it. They gave him a chance at the beginning of the season out of the rotation, never played in anything other than garbage minutes past that. Who knows about Scotty Lewis and Arnie Kuboka, how much they think of them. Kuboka's getting a little older now. Like, you know, he's been in that system 
for quite a while being overseas. The Kelly Oubre stuff, though, you almost have to move on from him because you don't want him to count against the cap, especially with you trying to save as much cap space as possible. And and Kelly Oubre, like, especially if he was kind of falling out of favor anyway, I, I don't, man, I'd, I'd, I'd almost be, to the, I'd be surprised if they brought Kelly Oubre back at this point. All right, anything else, Doug? Any other important dates? Anything else stuck in your craw that you're really uh, angry about that you wanted to mention, or did you get everything out up there with Easter candy and everything else? Yeah, I don't know when next Easter is, but a huge day for me. I'm going to try to get some more candy. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't know if the baby can maybe have it. another kid and then you can get more candy. There you go. Well, stay tuned. We'll find out. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every single day. Make your second listen Locked On NBA, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcast. Have a couple of good guests coming up this week. Plus, we'll still try to comb through all of the comments made throughout the exit interviews for the Charlotte Hornets. So lots still to come. And remember, it's daily here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.